This is Music You Can Find, a weekly discussion about some of the most interesting albums out recently. I'm Charlie DeMont Wildey. It's the week of March 23rd. I hope you're all doing all right out there with whatever version of this thing you have to deal with. Whatever it is you need to deal with, I hope you're doing okay. Let's get into some music. I think probably the biggest release of the week was a new album from The Weeknd. This is his fourth, and it's called After Hours. I have to admit that The Weeknd is an artist I've been obviously aware of, but I've never listened to a full album of his before, even though I've known that it's worth the time. I've been been told that he has several albums that are, are really, really worth consideration. His deconstruction of modern R&B has made him an important and very influential figure of the pop landscape over the last decade or so. Now, I also have to admit that I was about halfway through listening to this album when I realized I had been listening to it on shuffle. I listened to every track in the end, but not in order, so part of me feels like I didn't really even listen to it at all. I'm going to listen to it again, but I felt like I still wanted to kind of touch base on this thing. It's good. The songs are good. He's still drawing a very clear influence from Michael Jackson's 80s stuff, but it's in the way that he's been before, it's stripped down and abstracted into something thoroughly modern-sounding. It's introspective, moody, and still at times debaucherous and decadent. This is a seedy part of town at night with neon lights and the promise of both a good time and ruin to be had. The music is the album cover come to life. It's clear that Abel has great talent as a performer and a songwriter, and this album shows he knows how to craft a coherent artistic statement and explore dark territory in a way that is very seductive. I don't know that this will go down as an all-time great or anything, and I can't speak to what this means in the greater context of the rest of his catalog, because I've really only ever been aware of, you know, his, his big radio hits as they've come out. You know, I, I, I don't know what this album will be looked back on as years or even decades from now, but for now... It's definitely solid, and it's worth the time and attention that it's getting. I, I'm I'm excited for one to give it at least one full, honest listen-through. So that's The Weeknd with his newest album, After Hours. Next up is the debut full-length from I Flies, a group with members that hail from Full of Hell and Backslider. The album is called Tub of Lard, and I'm not going to bury the lead. I love this record. Given its pedigree, I was expecting something a lot closer to grind or power violence territory, but but what we've got instead is a very sludgy, very riff-heavy and metal-inflected take on 80s and 90s post-hardcore. This thing is heavy and loud and aggressive, but still very approachable, very swaggering, and so fun to listen to. It's truly punch-a-hole-in-a-brick-wall music. Its influences are diverse, the sound and atmosphere are cohesive, and it makes for a thrilling experience. I loved each track more than the last. You know, I was expecting to like this album. I've listened to iFly's previous work, but this thing is comfortably one of my favorites of the year so far, and it will probably stay that way. Fans of Alternative Tentacles classic 80s output or the Amphetamine Reptile Records noise rock We'll find, uh, we'll find a lot here to enjoy. I was really blown away by this album. Now, although it's drawing influence from a lot of older styles, it's got something very up-to-date to say. It's dealing with the modern world in, in very direct and relevant ways, dealing with you know male online culture in interesting ways, 
and it, it's just this is this is a ripping rock and roll record. It, it's dirty, it's sludgy, it's very well produced, and, and man, I I really really dug this thing. Any fans of traditional sounding post hardcore with with modern and creative ideas definitely give this thing a shot. Huge recommend on this. I loved it. This next album is actually from a, a little while ago, maybe maybe three or four weeks ago, but I finally got around to listening to Shibaka and the Ancestors and their new album, We Are Sent Here by History. This is a jazz band led by Shibaka Hutchings, a London-based saxophonist and composer who's also known for his work in Sons of Kemet and The Comet is Coming, two of the most important jazz projects in the world today. This band is assembled from South African jazz musicians, and this album is a bit of a modern masterpiece. It's wonderful. This is a wonderful jazz record. This is a work of art that is equal parts focused and expansive. It's obsessed with the extinction of humanity, but it's never not enjoyable to hear for all its bleakness. This uses traditional bebop and avant jazz sounds in a way that is compelling each and every note all the way through. One thing setting this album apart is obviously its incorporation of African jazz and some touches of folk music. Those things aren't such an overbearing part of the album that I feel like it should be defined by them. I think it's just incorporating that stuff into into its template. We're definitely in an era where jazz music has found some real vibrancy and purpose, and it's thrilling to hear. Shabaka Hutchings is, I mean, he's a modern master, something I'm only now fully realizing. He has so much tremendous work in his catalog, and this is my personal favorite thing of his I've heard. I'm sure we've got more landmark works of art from him to look forward to. So that's Shabaka and the Ancestors with this new album, We Are Sent Here by History. The last album I'll feature is called From Liberty Street, and it's by a California-based two-piece called Mapache. These guys are doing West Coast folk pop, sort of influenced by Crosby, Stills, and Nash, or like Pure Prairie League, that kind of thing. It's easy, breezy folk featuring upbeat rhythms and very well-executed tight male harmonies. This is crowd-pleasing and inoffensive, and it doesn't do much to break the mold, but it does what it does with real panache, and certainly with real charm. You know, we're, we're all cooped up in our houses, and this is some nice music that you can just put on, and everyone can enjoy it. It's relaxing, and with enough momentum to keep it from being sleepy or boring. It snowed here in upstate New York today. We're almost in April. The country's under quarantine, but you can listen to this and just, you know, imagine you're somewhere nice having a nice time. So that's From Liberty Street by Mapache. A couple quick shout-outs. First up, I want to mention the debut full-length LP from the band Escuela Grind. They're a grind or power violence band that were sort of the focal point of the Ithaca punk scene when I first moved to this area. I'd listened to Power Violence, I had my favorite bands in that space already, but it was it was through seeing Escuela Grind that I really got into the style. They draw on a broad range of influences in extreme music, and their songcraft is strong, as are the performances. If you want some more Power Violence or, or grindy stuff, check out Escuela Grind. Great band, really cool people, and I'm happy f- for how this record turned out. Next are a few albums that maybe I didn't mention last week that had come out during that long gap between episodes. Flaming Lips and Deep Valley have a collaborative project called Deep Lips. 
I started listening to it, and I, and I was liking it more than I thought I would, but I, I just didn't have a chance to finish it, and, and I haven't gone back to it yet. So I, I don't have any coherent thoughts about it, other than that I was enjoying it. Check it out if you like either of those groups. Sightless Pit is a collaboration between members of Full of Hell, Lingua Ignota, and The Body, all acts I've talked about before. This is sort of industrial avant-grind. There's no guitars. It's unbelievably bleak and dark and heavy. I like it, and it deserves to be mentioned, so that's what I'm doing now. And finally, Tame Impala came out with a new album, and I think it's boring as hell. I'd never listened to a full Tame Impala album before. Most of his popularity was during the peak of my kind of grouchy, punk, anti-hipster shit phase. So I'd pretty much skipped his career up to this point. And this album just truly sounds like shopping for polo shirts to me. It's glossy. The songs are boring. The production is polished within an inch of its life. And there's nothing here that excites me. I went back and listened to the self-titled Tame Impala EP from like 2008, and you know what? It was amazing psychedelic rock. I loved it, and it made me really dislike this new album. So that's what I have to say about that. End of discussion. All of the music from this episode can be found on our Spotify playlist, music you can find this week. The link is in the show notes. Rate and subscribe on iTunes. Tell your friends about the show. You can always follow me on Twitter, at Charlie's Takes. As always, if you found something here you enjoy, Make sure to check out the artist, pick up a record, or buy some merch, especially now since there are bands that are not able to be touring that probably would have otherwise been. So go ahead, uh, check out their band camp, see if they've got any shirts you can buy, buy the record. Whatever you can do, help out your artists, help out your local scene in any way you can. Let me know what you've been listening to lately. Give me a heads up if there's something on the way you're excited about. That'll be it for this week. This is Music You Can Find. Tune in next time.